at least in my mind, what we're trying to do is have very intimate conversations and very personal conversations so that the people listening walk away with a sense of, okay, well, here's something I can apply to my own experience. That's Sarah Birkin, an assistant professor in the Gilling School of Global Public Health at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Welcome to Well Said, Carolina's official storytelling podcast. Sarah's research focuses on taking things learned from academic studies and applying them to clinical practice. Most of her work is related to cancer care. But on this episode, Sarah will tell us about a totally different project, a podcast she launched earlier this year called Academes, which discusses the experiences of women in academia. There are several purposes of the podcast. I think the primary one is to create a conversation about the challenges and benefits of being a woman in academia. It's a topic that my colleagues and I have talked a lot about behind closed doors, often just two or three of us at a time. But there's a lot of generalizable discussion that happens behind closed doors. And not having that conversation out in the open felt inefficient to me and like a lost opportunity to really engage with a diverse group of people beyond my own social circle. Another purpose is to address anecdotal evidence that I've gathered that young women coming through PhD programs training um, in my field are not interested in academia because they see it and it looks unlivable. It looks like a career that they can't have and have a family, a career where they would have no work-life balance. And I see that as a huge liability for the field. Um, My own and I know from research in other fields that this is a problem. And so we stand to go backwards in terms of equity, um, gender equity in academia. And I don't want that to happen. At least in my mind, what we're trying to do is have intimate conversations and very personal conversations so that the people listening walk away with a sense of, okay, well, here's something I can apply to my own experience. And then there are kind of the loftier goals that we identified. There are institutional changes that we're identifying as potential priorities. The point being, we're really geared toward multi-level change helping people change, you know, helping women do things to advocate for themselves, to position themselves as best possible for a career in academia if they choose that, to position men and women outside of academia to be in a position and to contribute in ways that facilitate careers for women in academia, and then to offer people in leadership positions or people who contribute to leadership in some way ideas about what they should be focusing on and where the problems lie, things that need to be addressed in order for it to be feasible for women to continue to be academics. Being an academic, starting a podcast isn't normally how Sarah shares her ideas. My first instinct when I want to get something out into the world isn't to start a podcast, it's to write a paper. Family friends came to visit over the weekend many years ago, and I was talking to the woman who had a career in media, and 
we talked about the challenges of being professional women, and I told her about a paper I had written about being a mother in academia. And she had worked for some time in an office in the same building as Terry Gross, who is my personal hero. (laughs) And um, we got to talking about how I listen to them now that they're available on podcast, um, in podcast form, and how I love to listen to them as I run. My friend put it together that I should do a podcast about women in academia. I kind of tucked it in the back of my mind, but then Susan Girdler, who is the director of Wisdom, Women in Science Deserve Opportunities in Mentoring, had money available from the office of the provost for any number of initiatives and was seeking input from the leadership team, of which I am a part, about how to spend that money. And she emailed the group, and I just replied to Susan because I thought it was kind of an out there idea that people might not appreciate. And I said, what do you think about me starting a podcast with that money just as seed funding? And she said, I think it's a good idea. Let's at least put it on the table. And um, the rest is history. The rest is history. But a lot had to be done to take this from an idea in an email to a produced podcast. The first stage involved me realizing, oh my God, I've just volunteered to do something that I have no idea how to do. And I uh, sweated it out for a few weeks and then started, you know, um, my aunt says, when you can't do anything, do something. And so I took that to heart and I recorded an episode zero where I just spoke about what I wanted the podcast to be about and why I wanted to do it. And that got me thinking about it. I started to develop ideas about the format, started to have discussions with our local NPR affiliate just to kind of get ideas and doing a lot of informational interviews with people who do podcasts and reaching out my network. And then everything changed when Whitney Robinson stopped by my office to talk about a retention and recruitment committee that she served on because my experience of working half-time came up as a model, and she wanted to talk to me about it. I mentioned the podcast, and she's a podcast lover. I kind of unceremoniously asked her to help me, <laughs> and she she said yes, and she really saved me. We make a formidable team, I think. With Whitney also a faculty member at the Gilling School of Global Public Health, on board as a co-host, they were able to fill out the rest of their team. Mira Bookbinder is the creative director for the podcast and a UNC School of Medicine faculty member. Logan Casterdale serves as the editor, and she's a senior in the UNC School of Media and Journalism. Tamara Hewson is a research assistant for the podcast and a graduate student in the Gilling School of Global Public Health. And Molly Horrock, a junior journalism major, is a work-study student who serves as an executive producer. Sarah and her team were able to take academes from an idea to iTunes, but getting there meant overcoming many challenges. I'm definitely interested in learning more about how to conduct a good interview that is not for research purposes, but rather for storytelling purposes. I'm interested in doing research on my 
interviewees and all that, I'm not interested in in editing. I don't want to learn how to do that. That's a skill that I just don't want to gain. Finding somebody to do that work and do it well, it's, it's a unique skill set and it's valuable. And maintaining the funding necessary to support that is challenging. We want to be sustainable in the sense that we want to receive sponsorships through advertisements just for the purposes of being financially solvent. We're not looking to profit from this. We just want to be able to support our staff. And then there are the challenges that have to do with negotiating really evocative and sometimes uncomfortable topics. Whitney and I are really committed to having authentic, deep conversations about difficult issues. Figuring out how to have those kinds of conversations in a productive, authentic way is something that we're continuing to figure out, not only because we care about each other, but also because we want to emulate um, the kinds of conversations that we hope that women academics start having. Because if we don't have those difficult conversations, we are not going to progress. And academia will continue to be seen as a place for some people and not others. The podcast features interviews with a diverse group of women in academia, and outside of it too. They also have episodes that they call journal clubs. And journal clubs are episodes in which Whitney and I just discuss a topic of interest. Our first journal club was on division of household labor and a little bit on division of work labor, just as a big teaser. One that will appear in season two is on money. Really not one weekly meeting goes by without us coming up with another topic we want to talk about, like managing people and mentoring and teaching and even romance came up. (laughs) So no shortage of things to be excited about. Topic ideas also come from their listeners, and the response from listeners confirms for Sarah that this was a good idea. It seems like most people who choose to speak up are are indicating a feeling that I have, which is, this is what I needed. This This is what I've been wanting to hear is a conversation that resonates so deeply with my experience. I've also heard from men who are interested to hear this for multiple reasons. Either they are allies in some sense of the experience of an academic woman, either they have a partner, or a mother, or a sister, or a friend, or they're just interested in, in that. There are leaders who are interested in listening because they lead women academics and want to understand their experience in a way that, you know, certainly by doing it over years and years and years, they can come to understand some dimensions of a woman's uh, experience. But my chair, for example, has been very interested to hear all of this information, some of it pretty intimate, in a really condensed format. And my hope is that that will start to shift thinking about the way we structure academic environments for women. In addition to the positive response from fans, Sarah and the team's efforts are also getting recognition from the university community. I'm very grateful to be part of a university that values work like this and was willing to provide the seed funding to do a project that is far outside my research area in some senses and that seems very committed to continuing to support in whatever way it can this kind of work and to being receptive to 
listening to us. I've gotten a lot of messages from people around campus, including the dean of the School of Public Health, being very grateful to us for putting ourselves out there to describe our experience. I don't take that for granted because I imagine that there are some places where we would be seen as a threat. But at Carolina, we are embraced and given opportunities that I know not everybody would be afforded. Would you like to listen to Academes? Then go to academespodcast.com or find Academes on iTunes. You can also send them your topic ideas on Twitter at Academes Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Well Said. You can find Well Said wherever you get podcasts. So we hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review. Send us your story ideas on Twitter at UNC or shoot us an email at wellsaid at unc.edu. See you next week.